Happy Thursday. Welcome into NSN Daily. Chris Murray, Anthony Resnick behind the scenes. I'm Brian Samudio. Busy show again today for you. We have football, NFL football, Chris, tonight. It's going to be going to be a great one tonight. Texans and Chiefs from Kansas City. Um, former big Nevada big man uh, Trey Porter has an overseas deal. We'll kick that around. Ryan Radke continues to uh, skyrocket. We, we knew his talent when he was here calling games for the Wolfpack and the Aces. We'll tell you about his promotion. Uh, Sam Cleto from Reno 1868 will join us on the show uh, as well. But uh, when it comes to it, um, I'm excited and I'm guardedly concerned when it comes to football. We've seen hockey. We've seen basketball. We've seen USL soccer and, and pro soccer overseas. But within the States, we have not seen pro football yet. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be excited. I will be watching tonight. Yeah, I mean, it is exciting, and it, it kind of feels uh, unexpected just because we haven't seen any preseason games. So it's kind of crazy to think that the NFL regular season is here because you didn't have the traditional ramp-up. And I think the NFL has done a pretty good job if you look at their testing numbers. They've, they've gone to quite a few cycles without any positive tests. I think they had one in their last cycle. So it seems like despite them not being in a bubble, the players and the teams have kind of isolated themselves enough that they're not having any positive tests. So hopefully they can get through a full – a uh, 17-week season and a, a new playoff run with a, an additional team in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, it's an exciting time. I mean, it's America's most popular sport. I mean, uh, we might call MLB uh, America's pastime, but certainly for the last 25 years, NFL has been where it's at when it comes to TV ratings, when it comes to just general fan interest, uh, when it comes to betting numbers and things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, exciting to have the game back, and you can't start a better way than, than watching Patrick Mahomes against Deshaun Watson tonight. I mean, those are two of the best – uh, quarterbacks in the league for sure. I think Patrick Mahomes could end up being the best quarterback we've ever seen just from a skill set standpoint. So uh, it's going to be a fun game, probably with a lot of points tonight. Yeah, let's get away from coronavirus for five seconds and talk about the nuts and bolts here. Uh, the Texans, you know, this could be a great statement game for them. They are a big underdog. That's our better no bet segment. We're going to save that for later in the show. Um, but this could be a statement game for them. If they can go out in week one, and Deshaun Watson can continue to, uh, you know, become the superstar that he really is because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's, he's absolutely the best quarterback in football, if you ask me. But then you look around and go, you know, there are so many good quarterbacks right now with a unique skill set, not just the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's of the past, the Phillip Rivers guys that used to be the standard, Drew Brees, who's still throwing the ball all over the yard. But these guys that are pure athletes and guys that can run their football team, Deshaun Watson, I think, has a chance this year to really make a step forward. But uh, what a statement game tonight could be for the Texans. Yeah, big game. I mean, they were way up on the Chiefs in the playoffs if you just rewinded a few months. And then Patrick Mahomes came out and had a remarkable basically last 10 minutes of the second quarter and just took the game over from there. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson, a very, very good player as well. He did lose DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. The Texans did trade him to the Cardinals. Uh, I'm not so sure about that move, and that might hurt his productivity. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a game where if the Texans come out and they win it, um, you know, they can say, you know, we're, we're contenders too. I mean, you, you know, it might have got us in the playoff game, but we're here uh, and someone that you're going to have to worry about to try and get to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, locally, the 49ers and the Raiders both come on, uh, in with gigantic expectations. The 49ers almost winning the Super Bowl last year. 
uh, the Raiders with their first season in Las Vegas, and they want to get back to the playoffs as John Gruden's kind of laid the groundwork for putting this roster together. So definitely a lot of excitement. And then you have the big Tom Brady question. How will he do with the Bucs? You can't find a better supporting cast than the one he's stepping into, but he clearly is not the quarterback that he used to be, which you would expect given his age. And can the Patriots continue to rule the AFC East as Cam Newton, a former MVP of the league, steps into that job. So there are great storylines uh, up and down the league this year, and uh, it'll be exciting just to get games going uh, starting tonight and then in full over the weekend. Yeah, you, you look at the, uh, the Buccaneers, you stepped right into where I was headed. Uh, everybody's going to talk about Tom Brady and Gronkowski. They pick up Leonard Fournette. Uh, they're, they're talented wide receiver out wide. I think the difference that's going to be made in Tampa is going to be on defense, but more importantly, their offensive line. Because if you can't keep Tom Brady upright, Tom doesn't like getting hit. And I mean, mm. I'm talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback, so all respect there. That's how the New York Giants beat the Patriots, is that you had Osu Minora and Michael Strahan popping Tom Brady all the time. And if the Bucks' offensive line doesn't stay healthy and can't protect Tom Brady, then for me, all bets are out the window when it comes to the Bucks. But at the same time, if they can, that could be a scary team. Yeah, I just posted my nine predictions for the NFL season on our website. And one of my predictions is Tom Brady will not win another playoff game for the rest of his career. So, well, I think he has a very good supporting cast. I don't think this is the caliber of team that really is ready to make a deep run in the playoffs. And, you know, the NFC is very strong. I mean, you're talking about the 49ers and the Seahawks, who are both great teams. Um, I think the Cowboys are as well constructed as any team out there, whether they can actually live up to those expectations, we'll see. I do think they'll make the playoffs this year because you are seeing seven teams now from each conference into the playoffs. But, um, you know, I, I just don't see that team making the kind of run because partially, I mean, Tom Brady wasn't very accurate last year. He wasn't yeah. a very good quarterback. The Patriots did end up winning the AFC East because their defense was basically all-time great for the majority of the season. So, uh, you know, Tom Brady's made his living proving people wrong, though. So uh, I'm sure he's out there to still prove to people that it wasn't the Patriots system or Bill Belichick that made me successful and made me win six Super Bowls. It was myself. And, uh, you know, he's done a great job, it sounds like, uh, of getting his teammates around him and going through these offseason workouts, even though there's been some limitations for what players can do. Uh, you know, they've been out at high schools practicing every single day together. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, Gronkowski and Fournette, but you also have Mike Evans, who might be one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. Chris Godwin was excellent last year. He could be a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Um, so this, this is a stacked offense. And I think the offensive line, while not great, I mean, they did use some early draft picks on it. Uh, I think it will give him enough time to make some plays. Um, I just don't see the defense necessarily being there. And Tom just wasn't as sharp last year as you've expected from him. It all starts this afternoon. So uh, you get uh, the, the NSN play hooky card. 4 p.m. is when NFL kickoff 2020 will uh, start airing on News 4, our sister station, 4 o'clock. If you want to check that out. Texans Chiefs kickoff set for 5.20 tonight. We'll have a bet or no bet and get into the, uh, the betting numbers a little later on in the show coming up next year on nsn daily former nevada big man trey porter's got a brand new deal and ryan radke a new promotion we're gonna talk about that next nsn daily rolling along here on your thursday uh we see this a lot with former nevada men's and women's basketball players two players signing deals overseas getting a chance to you know expand their nba career and expand literally their world and get to see uh and experience different cultures. Trey Porter, former Nevada big man, the big transfer who came in, uh, fan favorite. I mean, dunk machine, just really, really good guy too. Um, he's headed to Bulgaria, Chris. 
Yeah, I'll try and pronounce the team name. A BC Rolski Sportis. So uh, Bulgaria, yeah, top league of Bulgaria. He played uh, for two teams in Turkey last year, also played in Hungary briefly. So uh, he moved around quite a bit last season and uh, getting an opportunity to start this season in Bulgaria. Uh, I mean, he's certainly worth a roster spot. I mean, this is a six foot 11, very athletic 250 pounder. Uh, his vert was the best on that team uh, in 2018-19 when Nevada got as high as fifth in the nation. And there were some really talented players on that team so uh you know a guy who like you said i mean he's very explosive around the rim he can dunk on you all over the place uh you know he comes from a very good pedigree all of his uh family very very athletic as well and uh you know i think he'll have a, a long career overseas as well wouldn't be surprised like to me he's kind of like a g league caliber player um you know you make a little bit more money going overseas so if that's the path you makes some sense but um you know he is kind of your modern day big man you, know, you can't maybe shoot the three as much as you'd like out of your post but very athletic can de defend on the perimeter and can block a lot of shots and um you know he, he took a lot of jordan brown's minutes during that season 2008 uh, 18 19 um but he, he certainly earned the minutes that he had and was a starter basically the entire season he was a very good player for nevada uh, played at three different colleges so moved around quite a bit and, and doesn't mind uh you know moving around because of those transfers so I'm sure he'll move around the, the, the country and the world, um, but starting this year in Bulgaria, and just nice to see, uh, by my count, the fifth Wolfpack alum to sign an overseas deal this year. I mean, he was a double-double machine last year in Turkey for a couple of different teams, and that's, that's really what Nevada expected out of him, and they almost did get kind of that type of production out of him. Granted, that was a team that, you know, you've got the Martin Twins, you've got Jordan Caroline, you've got guys that, that put the ball in the basket. I mean, so... Uh, I don't. I didn't. I didn't think that his time in Nevada was a disappointment. I thought he played a really, really good, solid role at Nevada. But Trey's built to have a very long professional career overseas. How difficult do you think it is for some of these young men and women that come through the ranks, play high high school, play club ball, play college ball, and then realize, you know what, the, my best route is to go play in Israel or to go play in Turkey or Denmark or something like that. Once they kind of, I think, get into that mindset, you look at a Kevin Pinkney, you can make, or Nick Fizikas, you can make a very good living and still play basketball for a very long time. I'm sure it's a shock. I remember one of the first conversations I had with coach Mark Fox was, was doing a story on how great of a recruiter Mark Fox was. I mean, he would get under the radar guys like Ramon Sessions and JaVale McGee and get him into the NBA. And then he could get high level guys like Luke Babadu was a McDonald's All-American. And I was talking to him a little bit about recruiting. And he said every single player that he's ever recruited thought he was playing in the NBA in the future. So that is the mindset that these guys come to college with. And then when it doesn't happen and you have to pick, okay, do I want to stay at home and, and cling to the G League, not make very much money, but maybe have a better chance of getting to the NBA because those teams are scouted more regularly or go overseas and make more money, but maybe not play in front of a lot of fans and kind of just be completely isolated from your family. That can be a very difficult decision for people. But I do think ultimately the money angle does work out and it just depends on the personality. A lot of these people love going overseas and experiencing different things. And even if they have a good situation with one team, they pick a new country the next year just because they want to experience something different. So um, it's a shock. And I think, uh, you know, you, you learn the professional side and the business side of basketball 
uh, as soon as you do play your last game for Nevada. But as you mentioned, I mean, there are paths out there to make a ton of money if you can play for a decade, whether you're a Kyle Shiloh or Kevin Pinkney, as you mentioned. Nick Fazekas has settled down in one spot and uh, has had a tremendous career, even though I'm sure he would have preferred to play in the NBA. So there are many good opportunities out there, and it's just whether you're willing to make that sacrifice of, of going overseas every year and kind of leaving your family and uh, you know, kind of putting the NBA dream to the side to make sure that you can make as much money uh, when you are in your athletic prime. Yeah, I mean, Nick Fizikas was so close to literally just hanging it up and having to just come back and get a regular job. I mean, once he once he really injured the foot and set himself down for about a year, had the surgery, you know, he had to come back through a very tiny league in the Philippines. I mean, he played for a team called the San Miguel Beermen. Mm-hmm. In the Philippines, which I want to get a jersey of the beer men, you know, I mean, come on. But now he's a legend to Tokyo. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a naturalized citizen. He's a member. We, we should have seen him playing for the Japanese Olympic team this year. And, and he's really, really made a, a nice niche for himself. And, and that just tells you about the, you know, the strength internally of Nick Fizikas and physically to, to go, you know what, I'm going to give this one last shot and I'm going to make it in Persevere and go through uh, also, news that's on our website if you want to check it out as well. Chris Nita put together a nice write-up on Ryan Radke. Uh, Ryan, of course, the uh, longtime play-by-play voice, the golden pipes of Ryan Radke, um, has now uh, really moved up once again. Westwood won. That was a home run hire by those guys when they brought on Ryan Radke. He's done the Olympics. He will make his Sunday night football broadcasting debut when he calls the Rams and Cowboys for Westwood one. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, I reached out to him yesterday just to confirm some of the rumors that I had been hearing, and he will be on that call with uh, Terrell Davis, the former Super Bowl MVP, will be his uh, analyst who will be sitting beside him. So uh, if you are going to watch that uh, Rams-Cowboys game, maybe turn down Al Michaels, turn up Ryan Ratke on the uh, channel, and uh, he's going to do a number of Sunday night football games uh, this year. Uh, it's going to be a really cool experience as well. I mean, it's going to be the first game played in SoFi Stadium, a five billion dollar stadium in Inglewood, California, the home of the Rams. I've seen some videos and pictures of that place and it looks absolutely insane. Obviously there'll be a Wolfpack link as well with Austin Corbett likely starting for the Rams, but more than deserved. I mean, the on our website and on our Twitter and Facebook feed is everybody just loves Ryan Radke and it's easy to see why. I mean, he worked for uh, the Wolfpack for almost a decade. Uh, He worked for the Reno Aces franchise for 14 years, dating back to his time with the Tucson uh, Sidewinders. And, uh, you know, when I say this, I don't mean it just because I I like Ryan and we're friends that like he's legitimately one of the three or four best play-by-play broadcasters in the world. And we were so lucky to listen to him. Uh, for a decade here. Um, I loved being able to travel with the Wolfpack and talk to him just about how the team was doing in life in general. So, uh, you know, a great, like you said, uh, promotion up to Sunday Night Football booth for him. He is Westwood One's lead uh, play-by-play guy for college uh, football as well and has done some Olympic stuff. So, uh, you know, more deserving uh, than anybody of that spot and wouldn't be shocked to see him continue on and, and continue to raise his profile and do higher and higher profile games. I mean, if you could do play-by-play for alpine skiing, luge, and bobsled, you could do play-by-play for chess. I mean, the the guy can do pretty much everything. Um, Over, under, or how quickly or will it happen if Austin Corbett makes a nice block, say say he makes the block and, uh, you know, it's a nine-yard game. Uh, Great block there by Austin Corbett, the former University of Nevada alum. Do you think he throws that out there? (laughs) 
I, I, yeah, I was actually thinking about that this morning uh, when I kind of put two and two together that Austin would be in this game. He might throw it in there. I mean, he's proud uh, of being a, a Northern Nevada man. He still lives out in Sparks uh, with his wife. So, um, you know, he hasn't left the area, even though he's not broadcasting any games for the local teams. I think he'll just be excited to go broadcast the game. I mean, it's been so long. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't going to do Aces games this year, uh, even though the Aces games were ended up being canceled. But, um, you know, it's just got to be fun to be back in that booth and, and do what you love to do. Like, I kind of wonder, you know, was he just, you know, watching some sporting events at home and doing play-by-play just because uh, you didn't want to be rusty or he just missed it? Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll enjoy being back out there. And, and as I mentioned, I mean, that stadium, I mean, if you're going to tune in for anything, just tune in to see that stadium. Yeah. It is ridiculously beautiful. I would, you know what, I would do that. I would sit, like, across his living room with a beer and have, put the TV on mute and just sit there and watch him call – Call any game. Uh, you'd golf, whatever. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't care. I think that'd be fun. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, Reno eighteen sixty eight FC midfielder Sam Gleedle will join us here on the show talking about their matchup this weekend against Sac Republic. Welcome back into NSN Daily, Reno eighteen sixty eight FC. Maybe the hottest I've ever seen this franchise in its in its short history. Joining us right now uh, is Sam Gleedle, big part of of why this team is playing so well right now. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys. Tell me about this clubhouse right now. I mean, winning cures a lot of things, uh, but it's 2020, COVID, all this other crap that's going on, and all you guys do is just go out there and grind and win. Yeah, I think it's been a crazy year. Like you said, we only got one game in before the whole shutdown, so um we had some time to ourselves and then i think we came back and we we bonded quite a bit and got a lot of minutes in together and yeah the results have been going our way sam uh coach russell has talked about this team just having kind of a, a blue collar mentality maybe much more so than some of the previous teams you've been on this is now your third season you know with the franchise what have you noticed just about this group of guys that's maybe a little bit different than some of the previous teams i think we have a lot of guys who bring different experiences into the team. Um, a lot of guys have been all over the league, East, West. We have even the young guys, I think, are from different areas of the world and from the country. And they, they've been very mature, the young guys. They've, they're working really hard and, you know, they're pushing us to be, to be better players. And I think we're pushing ourselves to be uh, better mentors and leaders for them. Um, and I think just a little bit of all that comes together and it brings a, a good team to the table. Um, so with that plus the talent we have, I think that blue collar mentality and work rate is what's been giving us the results. Sam Glittle joining us here on NSN Daily. Uh, Sam, you guys have continued to kind of raise the bar. I mean, there's, there are things in a, in a sports franchise's schedule or history that's, okay, if we could beat this team, okay, we have never beat this team. Phoenix Rising, you knock them off. You handle Portland very easily. And then we get the guys from over the hill this weekend, Sac Republic. How, how much are you looking forward to getting back on the pitch and facing those guys again? Yeah, I think it's always uh, a good game to look forward to. I mean, usually it's only twice a year. This year it's at least four times a year. <laughs> so um, that's always fun that we get to see them a couple more times and in a shorter span of time as well. Um, and like you said, we've beaten some good teams this year. Haven't had the opportunity to beat them yet, but two more chances. So I think we're going to be ready. We'll be energized and uh, 
hope the game goes our way. Does the team feel like it needs to beat Sacramento in order to validate, you know, just where you guys are at right now? You took care of Phoenix, but is there a feeling just amongst that room that, you know, this is, this is a team that we need to kind of show that we can beat and, and would that kind of push you guys even to another level? I definitely think inside a little bit that some guys and sort of the vibe is like that, but I also think that we have a lot of confidence in ourselves that, you know, if, if it doesn't go away, I think that we still believe that we're a very good team and a top team in this league. Um, and we have to think that way, you know, the season's going to be over very quickly playoffs just around the corner. So I think we just got to keep taking it game by game. But like you said, man, lost two times to them, only team we've lost to this year. So that will be in the back of our minds. And I think that will just push us over the edge a little bit to try and get the win. Sam, let's talk about you personally. Uh, you are from the UK. People may hear a bit of an accent every once in a while. It kind of depends <laughs> on what word you're saying. I'm, I'm catching a little bit here and there. You played your college soccer at the University of New Mexico, so you're familiar with Mountain West schools and Mountain West regions. Um, just your journey to get to where you're at. Tell me about this adventure. Yeah, so obviously I was born in south of England in West Sussex. Um, we moved to Gilbert, Arizona when I was about – nine years old around there so that's why my accent's pretty much gone mm -hmm. um sorry mom if you see this um <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do it mom yeah um it it comes back every now and then you know when i'm on the phone with family or uh, for example last off season we went back to england for a few weeks so the accent comes right back, back. <laughs> yeah pretty quick um so yeah, I lived in Arizona for a while, went through school there and everything. And then University of New Mexico was my choice of college. Um, great staff there, great environment to be in. And we actually played in Conference USA, the soccer team. So okay. we, we traveled all over the place, you know, East Coast, you know, like South Carolina, Charlotte, Florida. So we were the only ones kind of over in the West. So I got to travel quite a bit, which was cool. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great school. Um, which gave me opportunities to get in front of some teams and stuff. And my college coach did well and got me to the Reno San Jose trial. And uh, that was it. Sam, uh, let's talk about food. Okay. So <laughs> when you, when you're going back home or when you're, is there like a meal that you miss the most? Is it, is it like a proper English breakfast? Is it fish and chips? Is it a little shepherd's pie? I mean, like what's the one food that you just can't quite get right here that you miss from back home? could be all the above but um yeah the breakfast is a big one um and for me it's probably just like a roast dinner um something my mom made every sunday so obviously if, if i'm back in arizona it happens occasionally i push it to happen but <laughs> i haven't really found that here the fish and chips are okay you know for me you can't beat fish and chips on the newspaper with some malt vinegar you yep. know that's all the malt vinegar. That's what I uh -huh. <laughs> grew up with. So, um, yeah, I've heard that there's some good fish and chips you can buy at some grocery outlet here. So I'm really be checking that out shortly. Um, so there could be an update on that. But, yeah, I think a curry, a good mm. curry. But you, you can find some curries in, in the U.S. some places. So that's not too hard to find. Um, but I don't – shepherd's pie, I'm not too keen on. I mean, it's good, but – not one of my favorites. You find a good fish and chip spot. You got you to tag me and let me know. I, <laughs> okay. I need to be in on that. Sounds good. I will. <laughs> Sam Galito with Reno 1868 FC joining us here on NSN Daily.
Sam, earlier uh, in the pandemic, we were kind of like everybody. You're trying to find ways to normalize things. And uh, we're a sports network when there isn't really sports a few months ago. And uh, Alex was, was the driving force behind our NSN inaugural beer pong tournament. <laughs> and one of your teammates won the whole darn thing, Corey Herzog. Uh, has he, is he brag about that at all that he is, he says, I've already won a trophy and now my team's going to win a trophy. Well, I can tell you that he FaceTimed me many times practicing, making sure his <laughs> camera was set up. So I was very involved in his preparation. I don't think I get enough credit for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it doesn't surprise me that he won it. He's a competitive guy and he likes all that fun stuff. Um, it hasn't really talked about it too much recently. Um, but I think that's a lot of fun and he enjoyed it. And I think it was cool that you guys did that. Did it surprise you how seriously he took it? Like he built a ta- he was built, he built a table. Like, I feel like he was inviting guys on the team over like for a pregame <laughs> and a little post game. Like, like he was, in, he was all in on this. Yep. He was, he was, um, he's good with his hands, like making things and stuff. So when he showed me the table, uh, it's, it's just him being funny. You know, that's, <laughs> that's who Corey is. And if he's going to do something, down like secretly inside him he wants to win it and he wants to be funny about it so no it doesn't surprise me <laughs> sam Galino with reno 1868 joining us here on nsn daily prepping for the match against the sac republic on saturday sam before we let you go um uh, now this is just between us i want to get the truth what's it like playing for coach russell we know ian russell from going fly fishing with him but you interview <laughs> him after a loss he's an intense guy just between us, what's he really like? Yeah, no, I think you kind of said it. He is an intense guy when he needs to be. Um, but he knows kind of how to control the mood of the locker room. And when we win, you know, he's one of the guys. He's happy, especially when it's a big win. Um, when we need to improve, he'll tell us. So I think you get kind of the best of both sides of him. And, um, you know, he, he'll sit down, he'll chat with you. We'll talk about outside things, you know, so on trips and all that. He, he's around like we can talk to him he's available so I think he's just an overall good guy he's a, obviously he's a good coach he knows what he's doing that's no secret so I think just keeping us together and you know kind of controlling the mood of the locker room and the intensity and in training is is kind of what's helping us with the results right now yeah just knowing him you can tell he's got that that low burn going mm-hmm. but I would imagine when it's time to turn it up Ian Russell can turn it up. Sac Republic is the yeah. opponent on Saturday night over the hill. 7.30 is when that match will start. And then back home on Wednesday against the Tacoma Defiance, our own Alex Margulies will be on the play-by-play call for that one here on Nevada Sportsnet. Sam, we appreciate the time, man. And, uh, you know, keep driving. We're rooting for you. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Big one this weekend, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, right. Sam. We'll have much more coming up here on NSN Daily right after this. It is Thursday. That means bet or no bet brought to you by Joey Gilbert Law. And Chris, we can finally bet on a game. I mean, NFL game tonight. Uh, Chiefs are favored by nine and a half. Now, I'm wary of this because the last time matchup between these two teams, I think the Texans are going to have some juice. But at the same time, the Chiefs are hanging a banner. They're at home. Uh, that can go either way. That type of energy, we've mm. seen it on senior nights at Nevada where, you know, maybe Nevada's playing somebody that they're definitely, you know, a, a better team than. 
and the guys come out and they're too pumped up and, and that sort of thing. Uh, what do you think of the line at nine and a half? It felt high to me when I first saw it. Um, I'm going to put my bet on Houston in this game. Uh, and I would also probably bet the under, which is uh, somewhere around 53 and a half. Uh, just because we haven't seen preseason games, right? So I think offenses more than defenses need that preseason, that execution, that timing um, to get into a rhythm as they head into the actual season. So I think it will be a little bit lower scoring than most people project with the quality of these two quarterbacks. Um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, if he goes up and puts 40 points out there and makes me look stupid and they win by 20, it wouldn't be a shock. But uh, it just felt like a double-digit line was a little high given the caliber of Houston, which is, you know, still to me a fringe playoff-level team. Yeah, if, if this was a must-bet, hey, somebody gave me 100 bucks and said you have to bet, I would probably also go with the Texans in this. I think 9.5 is high. But at the same time, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And he can make everybody look stupid. And they could go out and win this game 42-14. But I, do I think that's going to happen? No. But you're right. When we see it in college football a lot is that in spring ball, we see the defenses absolutely dominate. And I remember being a young broadcaster watching spring football at Nevada and going, wow, this defense is going to be good. <laughs> and having a, a, a defensive coordinator take me aside and go, son, here's what's going to happen. It's going to look really, really good for the first couple of scrimmages. And then we're going to get to the silver and blue game. And the offense is going to light things up because it's all about timing. Defense is reactionary and, and, and understanding scheme and trying to see what, what the offense is trying to disguise and what you're trying to disguise from the offense. But, you know, it, it, to me, it will be maybe a defensive game. And you got to keep J.J. Watt away from Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at injury reports and, uh, you know, I had heard that he was a little nicked up. But then I saw another one that he said he felt fine. So I don't know. Who knows what, when it comes to that. But the over to me, too, I wouldn't touch it. I don't think I would touch it. I, I think if I'm a betting person, do, do we wait two or three weeks for these teams to have their preseason games, technically, before start betting? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I wouldn't feel very comfortable if I was putting down big numbers just because you haven't seen the team. So you don't know exactly what they're going to look like. And then you also have kind of the COVID-19 thing in there is, you know, what if there's a surprise, you know, DNP just because they, they tested positive or they had to be isolated or something like that. So, yeah, I never feel comfortable betting early in the season just because you want to get a feel uh, for exactly where the teams are. And with no preseason, you have no feel. So, um, yeah, I, I would bet the, the Texans and under, but I guess we'll see uh, on tomorrow's show if, uh, if that was accurate or if I'm uh, completely wrong. I am going to be curious to see how NBC handles a number of things as a broadcast entity. Um, I'm not a big fan of seeing what Fox Baseball has done with the, uh, the virtual fans. I don't like the virtual crowd noise. Um, maybe that's just get off my lawn, me sort of guy. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of the virtual stuff. Um, and I'll be curious to see how they handle the national anthem. Um, so I, a lot of, lot of things to play out. Um, are you are you one of those guys that likes seeing virtual Dodger fans at Chavez Ravine or, or no? No, I'll, I like the cardboard ones. Yeah, they haven't gone virtual, so they've gone cardboard, and that's fine. I actually don't mind the piped-in crowd noise as well, but that is an interesting aspect is, you know, obviously if you're on the road, one of the biggest issues is can you, as a quarterback, audible or make changes at the line of scrimmage with your teammates hearing? That's not going to be an issue. So does maybe some of the home field advantage go away just because it's a lot easier to communicate with your guys pre-snap and then also can the defenses hear better what the the quarterbacks are calling out and will they be able to adjust better and how much noise will be piped in like you said on the broadcast or will we be able to basically hear an unvarnished 
uh, you know, call signal from the quarterback and the defenses. Uh, you know, I guess we'll see all of that tonight, but it, it definitely is kind of a brand new world broadcasting sporting events, uh, just given the fact that we're not going to see uh, fans in most of these crowds. Some of them are allowing some kind of capacity in, but there's certainly not going to be full crowds that are going to be loud enough to be able to uh, kind of change and alter games. Yeah, I'm wondering if we're going to get kind of an XFL sort of atmosphere, not to the point of a reporter walking up to a kicker after they make a, miss a field goal, but being able to hear a quarterback audible, being able to hear players talking to each other, that I like. I've been very entertained by that. When it comes to golf, yeah, you know what? I don't care if you're having to bleep him out. You know, a lot. I want to hear Justin Thomas yell at himself after missing a seven-foot putt. I want to hear a quarterback yelling at somebody going, no, you're out of position or something like that. Um, baseball, we've seen moments where moments get heated. You know, the, that, that thing that happened at, in, at Oakland Coliseum, which uh, I don't even know what it's named these days by what company uh, sponsors it, but where somebody heard somebody talk about their mother and it started a brawl. I mean, it's the fact that these athletes now can hear each other chirping at each other. Honestly, it adds a little spice to me and I like it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is, uh, you know, just kind of a, a less polished, but more, uh, I guess, to the germane nature of, of the sporting of that kind of uh, broadcast that they're putting out there. So, uh, you know, I'm sure each different network will do things a little bit differently. But, um, you know, it's just fun to have football back. I mean, I know we've had MLB, we've had NBA, we've had NHL. But as I mentioned to start the show, I mean, the NFL is just a different level when it comes to how much people care about the results. So uh, we're going to get into it. And hopefully, uh, we do see full 16 uh, game seasons. Uh, I, I do think that you're going to see some games have to be canceled because there might be an outbreak here or there, and it'll be interesting to see how they navigate those waters and decide who makes the playoff if a team has to miss a game or two. But, um, you know, uh, fingers crossed that everything will work out as we, uh, you know, start this season. And, uh, you know, five, six months from now, uh, hopefully we're playing the Super Bowl. And uh, hopefully the Buffalo Bills are in it. Probably not, because uh, I still don't believe in Josh Allen. But uh, I guess I could hold out hope now that Tom different division that those could at least win the AFC East. I'm still being a longtime 49er fan. I still am. I'm cautious when somebody says, okay, they're the number two rated team in the NFL. I'm still not, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I, I remember them being really, really bad for a long time, getting the Super Bowl and losing and then being bad again. And now <laughs> the Jimmy G factor, I, I, I don't know. It's just, just kind of weird, but uh, it all starts today. NFL kickoff 2020 on our sister station news Four. that Kickoff anticipated between the Texans and the Chiefs set for 5.20 p.m. tonight. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, game three of the Knights and the Dallas Stars. Will the Knights be able to continue their momentum and take game three? We'll have a preview for you next. NSN Daily continuing here on your Thursday. We are right in the heat of the NHL playoffs, Western and Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of eyeballs on the Western Conference Finals between the Dallas Stars and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Knights completely outplayed in game one. They really didn't even wake up until the third period. Game two, they make another goalie swap, Chris, which I'm never a big fan of, but you know, maybe that's, that's, that's just me. But uh, they pull uh, Fleury, they go back to Laner, and uh, they win 3 nothing. Um, we'll get to the goalie situation uh, in a second, but uh, what Knights team do you anticipate to see hit the, the ice tonight? I think they'll play well. I mean, for the majority of their games, they've been the best team on the ice. So I think they'll come out and play well. And I think, you know, we got to give some credit to their coach. I mean, Peter DeBoer uh, has had uh, as interesting a year as you can basically have. I mean, being fired in December from the Sharks and then being hired uh, by a rival team, the Vegas Knights, uh, about a month later. 
uh, and then being able to really resurrect that team. I wasn't very keen on that coaching move because I thought uh, Gerard Gallant had done a very good job in his first two and a half years with the Knights, but it clearly worked out. And he has a history of having very strong first years with whatever franchise he's with. His first year with the Devils, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and they lost. His first year with the Sharks, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost. So uh, Coach DeBoer could make it a three-peat and in his first year with the Knights, make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm sure he would like to win and not lose. But, um, you know, I think uh, the job that he's done has been a little bit overlooked and he's, you know, he's done weird things. I mean, with the goalies a little bit, playing two of them in the playoffs, which you don't see. But, um, you know, they've worked out so far. So uh, as long as the decisions work out, then you're a genius. And I think they'll come out and play well for their coach. They clearly like playing for him. And I did read a column in the Las Vegas Review Journal about the goalie situation with the Knights. And uh, it basically made the analogy of they're picking between whether you want Leonardo DiCaprio to star in your movie or Brad Pitt to star in your movie when they pick between the two goalies. So it's not like there's a bad choice between the two and he's been pulling the right cards up to date. I do not anticipate to see Marc-Andre Fleury in gold tonight, though. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Laner. Uh, am I crazy for thinking that, or what do you, what, what's your uh, perspective? Yeah, I think you go with Laner as well. I mean, he's having a historically great playoff run. Uh, he's allowing, I think, 1.8 goals per game, which I think is like the 11th best in the history of the NHL. And uh, I think like six of them uh, who are ahead of him were when you couldn't make forward passes in the NHL. So you're going way, way back. So I think they, they keep with Laner. And I think, uh, you know, as long as he continues to play like he is, um, there really can't be any reason to make that change. And I think that's why it's a little bit surprising that they put Marc-Andre Fleury in a couple of times, but he's also played well. So uh, they're in a good position. Uh, their offense uh, is, is played well for most of these playoffs. They're usually out shooting their opponent by a pretty good margin as well. So, um, you know, I, I, like I said uh, yesterday, I think it's going to be a long series, but uh, I do think that the Knights will come out and play really well in this game. What do you think this tells you about the Knights mentality in their locker room when, I mean, a goalie situation can be very divisive. You know, it's like a quarterback controversy. You know, it, it can be very divisive in a team. What do you think this says about the Knights locker room mentality that, you know, they've bounced back and forth and they've played well under, you know, with both guys in goal? That they put winning above their own self-interest. And a lot of people can't do that. I mean, we're all very greedy people, especially when you get to the top level of, of athletics. You want to be the star. You want to be the reason that your team is winning. You want to be the one who's getting the, the media interviews and the spotlight. You want to be the one uh, who is holding up the cup first when your team wins. Uh, and the greatest teams don't have that kind of mindset. They think about what can I do to make my team and my teammates better. And that's clearly what this franchise has been able to do during their first three years. I mean, it's really crazy to think that this team uh, in only three years of existence has made it to a Stanley Cup final, uh, got back uh, to the playoffs last year, and then is three wins away from getting to a Stanley Cup final again. They basically accomplished more in the last three years than a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is one of the iconic teams in NHL history, has done in its last 50 years. Um, you know, they've division two out of three times so um the, the franchise is obviously very well run from the ownership level down to the general manager down to the coaching down to the players but the only way you have this immediate success is if you do have that selfless feeling about you know i'm, I'm going to put what i want in the back burner to make sure that our team has the best chance of winning and that's what both of these goalies have done and that's why the clubhouse is so cohesive and so positive everybody is doing that as a unit and you don't have bad apples kind of tearing down the team it's such an analytical thing sports nowadays that i think you do overlook um the kind of personalities and characteristics you want 
just as teammates, as human beings, and clearly the Vegas Golden Knights have the right human beings in their locker room to where moving around some things or even a coaching change, which I'm sure not everybody loved because that was the coach they had played for, that they're able to accept that that was the decision made by ownership and the general manager and they move forward thinking about team first, not about, you know, what has happened in the past and maybe, you know, I like that coach, why did you let me go? And I think this was so crucial for an expansion franchise to come out of the blocks and not get off to a great stop. You know, you come out and you win and you establish that expectation in your locker room of winning. Vegas was always going to be a sexy location for free agents just because it's Vegas. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's Disneyland, Disneyland for adults with, with booze, but uh, you know, it's, it's where people want to go. They want to go to Las Vegas. They want to go to the glitz and glamor of Las Vegas. But if Vegas had come out and had finished dead last in its division, guys don't want to go somewhere and get their butts kicked, no matter how much they're getting paid. They don't want to go somewhere and lose. But the fact that it's a cool location, it's a beautiful brand new arena, right in the middle of the downtown strip, they did it all right, and they're winning. I mean, they have set themselves up, I think, for a very, very long run of success down in Vegas. Coming up next year on NSN Daily, it's in a new column by Chris that is on NevadaSportsNet.com. It's another one of those top, not 10, top 12 lists. We'll uh, delve into that a little bit and send you to the website next. I want to thank Sam Gleedle for coming on the show, Reno 1868 FC, taking on Sac Republic this weekend, 7 p.m. And uh, you can see that right here on Nevada Sportsnet. Uh, that's a road game. We're televising every single home and road match this year. Chris, people love top 10 lists because they either – have a dog in the fight that we've given some kudos to, or you've given some kudos to, or do they have a dog in the fight that doesn't make the list, maybe makes an honorable mention, and they decide to light you up on Twitter or something like that. But uh, top 12 all-time Northern Nevada when it comes to basketball plays. First off, we got about a minute and a half left. Why 12? Well, it's basically just a team. I did my all high school Northern Nevada football teams last week and the week prior to that. So I put my all-time Northern Nevada boys basketball team. I'll do a girls basketball team later. So we've got five starters and then seven reserves. A typical basketball team has 12 players. So that's why I went with 12. Okay. I, 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 just, I was thinking five starters and then five backups or something like that. I wasn't thinking uh, in, that, in that realm. <laughs> but looking at it, because I don't want to give this all away just yet, but looking at it, it's amazing how many of these players are literally from the mid-90s to now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a good list. Uh, I mean, obviously, Luke Babbitt and Armand Johnson made it. They're the only two to make it up to the NBA. But all of these guys played pretty high-level college basketball at schools like, you know, Cal or Kansas or Louisville or Harvard. So it was a fun list to put together. And I think it's shown that with the more recent names – that we've done a really good job, much better job at developing next level college basketball players in Northern Nevada, maybe over the last 20 years, as opposed to maybe the, the 50 or 60 before that. All right. If you want to check out that story, it's on NevadaSportsNet.com by Chris Murray. For Anthony Resnick behind the scenes and Chris, I'm Brian Samudio. We'll see you Friday.